0: And this podcast is a recording of that session so that everyone can benefit from that knowledge. Let the knowledge flow. Ask the Dean episode 43 Mm -hmm. with my wonderful friends, Rachel Grubbs. How are you?
1: I'm excellent. I'm happy it's spring
0: it is spring uh we got four inches of snow last night on top of the three three almost three feet we got last week
1: yeah uh, well that's spring in colorado
0: that is spring in Colorado. <laughs> that, is, that is colorado um dr scott wright how are you doing
2: doing well i'm doing well just uh enjoying life and you know living the dream you got your first vaccine today? First dose? No, I mean, it had no, to be no. it had to be switched to tomorrow, but okay. I don't have to drive an hour and a half to 2 hours to get there. I only have to drive 45 minutes now, so that's, that's a nice. good thing.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. <sighs> yes. Still yes. waiting on mine. Rachel, you're getting yours tomorrow as well, so, I think.
1: I'm so. getting mine Thursday.
0: Thursday. Thursday. We're we're yeah. all over the place, but i yep. exciting. Yep. Um, I think two and a half million doses a day they're doing now. Yeah.
2: That's yeah.
0: Phenomenal. Yeah, That's it's crazy. The, that is the power of organization. It's right, when you put your right. heart into something, make yeah. it happen. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to get going. Anything in the mapped world we need to talk about? Or are we ready to start answering some questions?
1: Uh Yeah, let's start answering Mm. questions, because I don't have my mapped thoughts organized. Maybe we can do a little of that at the end.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Uh, First question here was asked before uh, the question askers asked, do admissions committees look at social media accounts of prospective students? I do not have anything bad. However, I am vocal about speaking out against injustices. I hope the adcoms are not too political. Thank you. (laughs) So... Dr. Scott Wright, how much mm-hmm. free time do admissions <laughs> right. committees have to go browse the social webs?
2: Well, it's interesting that you that this questioner asked this question. I think it's a it's a reasonable question to ask and I don't think um in my experience I don't think admissions committees members are going to, you know, spend a whole lot of time doing that now. I would say that in general that they won't you know, they're not going to spend time to do that. Um, I think if something comes up uh, where it makes them question uh, something, then it would be uh, in the realm of possibilities. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, We had a situation uh, where we got an anonymous letter, which you typically don't, uh, you don't, pay much attention to anonymous letters of that sort, but it gave light to something on the social media presence of one of our applicants that we were interviewing. And, uh, and so what that led us to do was to investigate the social media presence of this particular um, candidate to see if indeed there was some stuff there that was inappropriate or that would Cause concern or something like that. That's a very unusual situation mm. that I think uh, occurred. Now, we we did have a, an admissions committee member uh, who, when um, he he would have a a candidate that had been interviewed that he was going to uh, be presenting to the admissions committee. That's how we we would do it. Every committee member was assigned a group of applicants for the given committee meeting and it was their responsibility to, to know all about those applicants and to present those applicants then to the rest of the committee to discuss and uh, and he would frequently if a, if i a, if an applicant said they were disadvantaged for example then he would google their address and see what the value of their home was Uh, for that address and that didn't necessarily mean that they were disadvantaged or something but it meant that he was he was fully investigating you know that was unusual he was the only admissions committee member that would do that kind of thing but on occasion we would see a you know, we would see somebody who would say, oh, they were disadvantaged and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out mom and dad are both doctors. They live in a multi-million dollar house and, you know, et cetera. Then the discussion would go into what, you know, maybe they were, maybe he was disadvantaged in the past or, you know, in his upbringing or et cetera, et cetera. So that's a little bit different situation, but I would say it would be more likely on the social media presence that the admissions officer would do that as opposed to the committee itself or a committee, a committee, individual committee member, that the admissions officer would investigate the letter that they had received or, um, you know, word. it would not be necessarily unusual for, for example, a, a current medical student to say, oh, a friend of mine from, my college has applied and I know this about that person and that might highlight, okay, let's, you know, let's do a little investigation, look at their Facebook page, Instagram or whatever, and see if it's possible. Instagram is private, you know, obviously can't see anything, but if they're, if their Facebook page, you know, you can kind of see a little bit more depending on what their privacy settings are and stuff. So, anyway, so answer to this question: is it's unusual, um, not out of the realm of possibilities, but I would say not to worry about that kind of thing. It, you know, if you're political, you know, and and you have a strong feeling about something, then you know, just as long as you're not guzzling a you know a pint of beer. Or, you know, or, or you know, whatever wh- you know, things like that. Then I, I would say you, you'd be okay. <laughs> that
0: that that kind of reminds me of the 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 quote unquote study that came out about um, social media and professionalism with physicians. Yes. And if you're a female and you wore a bikini, that's that's mm-hmm. not very professional, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, um, it is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I would say that's one of the challenges, right? Is that that. I mean, that to me is just like bullshit patriarchy, right? Yes, yes. Like, yes. a man can go to the beach, but a woman can't. I mean, these are the suits that we buy, they're in stores, right? Like, right, you know, right. It's ridiculous. Right. Um, but it does sort of speak to the way that um, I think you want to present yourself as it pertains to medicine. And like, we've talked about being a whole person. So if there's a matter of justice that really matters to you, I certainly wouldn't hide it because if the school is, you know, in strong disagreement to that, to that issue, then you're probably you not go very to happy there. there. Yeah, there. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's also thinking about like, are you so, you know, to me, it's the, that's the big difference between the bikini or this is a matter of justice versus, um, You know, that example from a a woman from a few years ago, who's, she called it politics, but what she was saying was that some people didn't deserve to get treatment from her, Mm -hmm. you know, so she had like social media posts that were like... Mm -hmm you know, essentially joking that she would allow, allow certain patients to die. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that person that's has no right practicing medicine. Yes,
2: absolutely. <laughs> um, and that's, that's what I'm referring to It's not, you know, I was, I was joking about the guzzling, the beer. It, it's really mostly about super inappropriate things that would cause you, you know, really concern. Yeah. 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 Absolutely.
1: All right. Let's bring up some of our live questions here.
0: New to MAPT, I first want to say thank you. I am non-trad working full-time as a professional ballet dancer. I have been pursuing a degree through my university's College of Professional Studies, taking all classes online. How do schools view online classes? Do they know if classes are taken online from the application or your transcript? I still have some prereqs left to take, Chem2Orco Biochem Physics, and planning to do those in person. Hmm. Online, Doctor Scott Wright.
2: Well, I, I know that there are some schools that will not accept prerequisites taken by distance yeah. learning. And Let's
0: talk in general, kind of non-COVID times.
2: Yeah, exactly, non-COVID times. COVID uh, clearly an anomaly here, and but non-COVID times, there are schools that will not accept prereqs. You know, every all the other classes they don't care. Prereqs, particularly the sciences. Uh, there are some schools that will say, no, uh, you can't do that. We won't accept that. And um, transcripts sometimes do show that it's distance learning, and sometimes they don't. So that may or may not uh, may not be instructive. Uh, what the applications ask when you're filling out the, the, the um, courses and you're inputting your courses, then they'll ask, how, did, how was this course taken? Was it in person? Was it online or whatever? And so, you know, you obviously want to be uh, honest about that, and,
0: and and a lot of students aren't super honest about that because yeah. there are transcripts that don't show whether or not a class was taken online, and they they look at their transcript and they go, "Ha ha, it doesn't show online. Therefore, I don't have to say it was online, and that will reflect better on me." All right? What are the ramifications of that if if it? Never. If, I,
2: if Never. I was an admissions officer and I found out that they had lied on the application, they would, they would be not considered. And if we had admitted them, we would rescind the offer. Yeah. Because, and you're not
1: saying that online is grounds for dismissal. You're saying no, the lie about the
2: online. Exactly. The lying right. is the key. Yeah. So if they'll lie about that, what else in their application were they lying about? You know, that's that's the point. And uh, if they lie about something on their application, will they cheat in school or lie about something as a student or, you know, I mean, you you just, you know, professionalism matters, ethics matters and, uh, you know, honesty and integrity matter. And so, you know, be honest. That's the message. It's the moral of the story. Yeah.
1: And for this particular student, so she says she's done some online and it looks like I can't tell if she's saying I may do those in person. If you recommend her, she's already plan- I guess she's already planning to
2: mm-hmm.
1: like this is often a thing like I've already done it. Should I worry? Like you're not saying go yeah. back and retake them. You
2: know? Well, I am saying yes, you are oh, she needs getting a knot. Yeah. She needs to investigate the schools that she will be applying to. And okay. what their position is on online coursework. Now, if it's in COVID times, I think there's there's some wiggle room there that, like we've discussed often. Mm-hmm. If they were before COVID, then if she if if she wants to apply to a school and she took Bio 101, uh, you know, online, and the school doesn't take it online, then she's going to have to retake it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or, yeah. you know, she, the school may allow her to take maybe another upper level bio bio mm-hmm. class to, you know, to address that. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to take some investigation on her part to understand exactly what, um, you know, what's what's going on.
1: OK, yeah. G- good to clarify that we went we went real macro on that and I wanted to be sure right. we covered her micro. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's, Good there's definitely uh, a situation like that where school may go, you know what? In general, we do not accept online classes, but for you, we'll accept online. Classes. Yeah.
2: Like, there's all mm-hmm.
0: professional ballet dancer. We understand right. the, 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 the kind of stress associated with that, the time commitment associated with that, that alone tells us a lot about who you are as a person and your ability Mm -hmm. to still do well, even though those Mm -hmm. classes are online, we'll accept online for you.
2: Right.
1: Right, And she doesn't say whether or not she's in a touring company. I mean, maybe she's doing online because that's the only way she can study six days a week. Yeah, We we just don't know. It
2: could be. Yeah. But she has to recognize that that's going to be the school's call and the school may Make an exception, the school may not, you know, so it it, it just depends.
1: I also just made an assumption of she, so ballet dancer, whoever you are, Mm -hmm. whatever gender you are. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was not fair of me. (laughs) Okay, uh, moving on.
0: Hey everyone! So I recently realized I'm able to graduate early one semester. Do medical schools look at negatively towards students who do? I have a strong GPA, good trend, and plan on gaining experience and studying for the MCAT with the extra time. All right, micro macro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super micro
2: question. Yeah. Like, will
0: they freak out?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not no, ever. they're not. No, they're not going to freak out about that. Uh, that's you know, typically if you sign your application. Um that you're gonna graduate on X day, you know, X semester you're gonna be graduating. If you graduate a semester early because things worked out that way, I wouldn't worry about it
0: now. Yeah. Even a semester late because your your applications yeah. are going in so early, <laughs> right. as long as you graduate before you start medical school. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's not a problem. That's right. And it's it's not like Graduating a semester early is going to affect medical school at all because mm. it, you still have the normal application cycle, right. and it's not like at least US based medical schools don't right. have multiple start uh, times during the year. So, right, right. it's not going to affect anything.
2: Nope,
0: do it.
1: All right, do here's it. a Go perennial favorite. <laughs>
0: How do you build a school list if you have an uneven MCAT score? Dun, dun, dun. One of my sections is significantly lower than the other three. The lower one is not cars. Shocker! Oh wow! Um, yeah, you build a school list. It doesn't matter if you have an uneven cars. Uh, MCAT yeah, score.
2: yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. I think you you know you you base it on the total score. And uh, because lot most of the stats that you're going to find, uh, even on MSAR, are going to be giving you percentiles uh, of the total score. They'll also give those percentiles of the of the um, of the subscores. But, you know, I think that admissions committees are, are you know, they, they probably are not going to drill down that far unless it was. Unless there was something consistent about, so for example, maybe in the, in the chem physics section, you, you know, you, it was the really low score, and then you made a C in physics, Uh, they're going to be thinking what's going on, you know, here with this, with this low physics grades, and then also not doing well in the physics section of the MCAT. There, there's a there's a a, a a theme here that we need to really figure out what's going on. So barring that, then I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say I would worry that much about it. And then you just develop a list based on what you what you've got. Yep.
1: All right. Here's a a serious one with a fun one. <laughs>
0: Is it okay to suggest to LOR writers, letter of recommendation writers, to highlight certain activities or characteristics about you to avoid having multiple letters with generalized context? How is your bracket doing, Dr.? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Well. Wait a minute. Why isn't, it, why isn't this questioner asking about Rachel and my bracket?
1: Uh, Well, Uh, well, if they know me at all, they know that I don't follow the sports balls, (laughs) but you chime in all you want on your bracket.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm bummed because the Longhorns lost. Yes.
0: Longhorns lost. The Gators lost to the team that Ohio State lost to. So all of us are a bunch of losers. <laughs> right. I was just
1: blissfully unaware until right now. That's all.
0: <laughs> that is okay. Yeah. So I'll try
1: My not nephew to take... did get seventh in the state for his weight class for Ohio, though, for wrestling. So if you nice. want to talk about that particular sport, I'm all in. That
2: is cool, right? It's super cool. Well, I, I want, I'll try not to take an off- offense to the fact that I was not mentioned in this question.
1: Okay. So back to the question, letter of writer suggesting, uh, yeah. certain activities, and characteristics.
0: Yeah. So I, I heard this recently, I think on clubhouse, actually, it was a, a medical student at Harvard who's on the admissions committee and, uh, it was a suggestion that she had. And I, I really liked it to be very explicit to say, Hey, like <laughs> the, you're divvying up the workload. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you, this person to talk about these traits about me. I want you, this person to talk about these traits. And ideally they kind of fit nicely with the interactions that you've had with the person right. and they can speak to those. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't force a conversation around something that the person can't speak to naturally. That's, right. the, that's the only thing I would add.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think, uh, you know, I think your letter writer—you need to be explicit with your letter writers about what what you're looking for. You want a strong letter from them. I suggest that you give them a copy of your personal statement and a copy of a of a updated resume, and uh, and then the the guide that the AMC point uh, puts out for letter writers. Give them those three documents, and then and then and then you know, educate them a little bit about what you're looking for. Just as you said, Ryan, I I completely agree with that.
1: Yeah. By the way, Ryan, maybe you did hear it on Clubhouse. I heard something similar really recently. It was last week um, the Harvard Diversity Office did um, applying to med school during COVID. And Janae Lawler from Michigan State she spoke about that. She talked about like, you know, a lot of people fixate on, I got to ask my science professor who got an A and what she was saying is think about it as a team of people who know you and your various strengths. And I think you can watch that on replay. So we're actually doing not officially promoting it yet. So I'm announcing it now. On uh, March 31st, we're doing an Inside med admissions. so lots of good stuff coming from Mapped, but I don't think you can really ever get enough great free info, so right. I would definitely recommend people check out the one that played uh, through the Harvard Diversity Office last week, too. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Yeah, so kind of a technical question about the app.
0: I still have to take Physics 1 and 2, and I'm applying the cycles there. Place in the application where I add classes I'll take during my senior
2: year. Yep. Yep, yep. absolutely. <clears throat> there's going to be a place for you to say what you've taken already, what you're currently taking, and what you will take in the future. Yep.
1: Yeah, there's even a way to mark them so you can mm-hmm. show, like, I don't have a grade yet because I haven't had that course yet. So yep. that they... You know, That's they can really check. Yeah.
2: And th- this brings up another point: is that at least for Texas, this wouldn't be necessarily true for for Amcas, but for the Texas schools, if you say you're going to take microbiology in the spring of your senior year, and then you change, you got to update the schools. You got to update TMDSAS to say, I'm not going to take micro; instead, I'm going to take immunology or whatever. And uh, because there are some schools that will say, you said you were going to take micro and you didn't take it. Why? Mm -hmm. You, you, you you know, you're not, you didn't let us know. You didn't follow through with what you said you were going to do in the application. So, you know, we need to, we need to investigate this. And so, and, and, you know, it's not going to be a problem if you update them er early on and say, hey, this reality changed. You know, I I couldn't get in the class or it wasn't being offered or whatever. Um, just, you know, so know what you need to do in terms of the, the application services that you're using as well as the schools you're applying to.
0: Yeah, I think that's a key part of it again if you're applying to all three application services, understand the nuances of each. For right. for AMCAS, it's not required that you put in current or future courses because those aren't going to be on the transcript that they're verifying everything right. against. Right. It's just mm-hmm. something that's there and but that may be different for TMDS yeah. and TMDSAS or COMAS, so just check mm-hmm. the instruction right. manuals for each of those. Yep. All right. <clears throat> What do you recommend is best for a gap year, especially if you already have significant amounts of clinical experience? Oh, that I
2: think fun. Europe is great.
0: <laughs> Europe Go-
2: backpacking. <laughs> Backpack through Europe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or or you know, get a job and earn money and save money for. Mid school,
0: yeah. Scott's
1: asking, answering this question really aspirationally, assuming that the entire world is vaccinated and that there are no more variants.
2: That, yes, I agree. (laughs) I I totally agree with that. Sorry, sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. I know I'm such a cynic.
2: Well, (laughs) or you could back, or you could backpack with your mask on. That's true. Yeah, and especially if you're vaccinated, then maybe maybe you'd be okay.
0: Um, I, I got a lot of flack a year or two ago on Twitter or somewhere um, for for not recommending just going off the grid and backpacking around the world for a gap year because the, the question potentially may come up like, well, what's going on? Like, are you bored of the medical environment and you're trying to get away? Are you burned out? what's going on. And so my recommendation has always been at least keep a a small foot in the door.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And so uh, I I told one person even, I was like, go go or keep doing, he was like a a anesthesia tech or something. Keep doing your anesthesia tech part-time and go work at the zoo part-time if that's something you want to do. It doesn't have to all be clinical all the time, but keep your foot in the door. Just make sure there's no doubts about what you're
2: 'Cause I you know, and and jokingly I was saying that about about Europe, but you know, what I would do if it were me, I would do the exact exactly what you're suggesting, Ryan, is I would say I would backpack through Europe or backpack through wherever, and I would try to set up times where I could shadow physicians or visit hospitals or medical schools or whatever in various countries and, and therefore be able to compare yeah. You know, what, what the healthcare system in Germany is like versus the U.S. or whatever. Better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Or do a six-week trip in the fall when it's off season, but then you're still spending the other 46 right. weeks of the year. Right. You know, yeah. there's a lot of ways to slice that. Yeah, I think, and again, just looking at an application standpoint, um, at least one of the apps, maybe a Comus, says, if you were on a gap year, tell us what you've been doing with your time. Mm mm-hmm. um, So, sure. you know, there's no like you don't want to make meaning where there's no meaning. They don't say, please now defend why you weren't doing all medicine all the time. But you do uh, want to think about the fact that you want to have that answer ready. Yeah, so
2: absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. We had a we had a student uh, one year. At, it actually ends in a tragedy. But we had a student who took a not a gap year, but took a deferral for a year. He was admitted, took a deferral because he wanted to travel and, you know, had some really cool plans and all that. So we granted the deferral and part of what he was doing was backpacking through like Northern India, Tibet, you know, all that kind of area and stuff and ends up a a terrible tragedy. He fell in a crevice of uh, ice mountains or whatever. Anyway, and he died. He died never was able to, uh, start my, you know, it was really a terrible, terrible, uh, tragedy. And, um, you know, we, when, when the, when the class, his class enrolled, you know, we kind of told everybody what had happened and everything just so they would be aware, uh, not so much that they knew him or anything, but we were paying, you know, just, just, um, Kind of a kind of a, a, an issue for his family and stuff, just to say the whole class was you know supportive and, and, and very you know sorry. And what, one of the things that I did for his family is I went through and I pulled out excerpts of his interview results, you know, comments that the interviewers had made, mm-hmm. and also comments that his letter writers had made. but he was an amazing student about him and sent them a letter. With those comments in it, and they super appreciated that, but it was it was really a tragedy. But you know that that kind of thing is good. It, it was cool that what he was doing and stuff. So anyway, yeah.
0: So I I think to to wrap up this question is the the question asker is asking specifically, tell me what I should do that'll look good on an application. And the answer is, do whatever you want yes. to do. With yes. the one caveat, at least that I add, is keep a foot in the door in yeah. healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Agreed. For activities, can I combine two different jobs that I did under, quote, work study? I did them several years ago just for pay as an undergraduate student, nothing fancy, and I did them around a similar time frame. Thank you.
2: Um, I would say, yeah. Particularly if you're running out of space on AMCAS, you know, you can lump certain things like hobbies you can lump together or, you know, various things like that. But, yeah, I would say, sure.
0: Yeah. At, at the end of the day, there's no rules. Uh, and right. so you could do what you want. And, and, again, I think the 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 question is, what's the impact? Right. Is did one have a significant impact over the other? Then maybe you want to spend your whole time talking about that one and just list the one. Mm-hmm. if the, the, at the end of the day, the question is, what's the benefit of talking about both or listing both? If there really is no benefit, I'll just list one of them or just have work study as one kind of category. And in you the know, description, talk about the that you two did. different mm-hmm. activities yeah. and maybe highlight an, an impact from one of them or something like that. Right. There's no rules.
2: Yeah. But I, I agree with you, Ryan, having an agenda to what what you want to come out of. Of mentioning those, mm-hmm. you know, did you learn teamwork, or did you learn diligence in showing up on time and doing what was asked? and you know things like that, and that's what you're going to highlight um, within the context of that particular entry.
0: I learned to be submissive and never ask questions. (laughs) Just do what they told me, so I will be a good medical student. (laughs) Please. Unfortunately,
1: there are jobs where that's what you learn.
2: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Like you're gonna, you're gonna need to keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Uh, Although I find that if I have a job like that, I end up leaving. (laughs) I need to talk. (laughs) All right. uh, Here's an interesting one.
0: As an Academic Fresh Start student, mm-hmm. I already have BS and MS degrees. Should I complete my second BS or just get the required 90 hours with upper level science courses included? So add a little uh, context to this. So Academic Fresh Start is a Texas specific TMDSAS specific Program that only the Texas, uh, actually Scott will Baylor now. Rep, um, no,
2: they they fresh start. They, they may. It, they're not required to. It's okay. a state law for the, the public. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they may. Uh, and my suspicion would be they would, because when when TMDSS pr- processes the application, yeah. they're okay. going to process it according right, to way. the dictates of, of Fresh Start. But l- let me be clear on this is that. The, the academic fresh start, I'm a little confused by the, the, the way that this questioner has indicated the question. You do not lose credit for having a, a, the degree. You lose credit for the, the courses. That's so, right. for example, if, if – and, and that the only concern would be the courses that you were counting on, for prerequisites to meet the prerequisites, if those were ten years older or old or older, then yes, you would have to go back and take only the prerequisites. Ninety hours is not going to be required for you to complete. So, I think all you all you're going to need to be concerned about is are the prerequisite courses for the Texas medical School. So, and, and I would say if you for this questioner, if you have. Further questions about this, you can certainly feel free to uh, to email me. I'll be happy to answer your questions uh, about the Fresh Start program, as will TMDSAS be able to. And, you know, you can give them a call and ask any questions about Fresh Start that uh, that you need to. But I'm also happy to do that. Yeah.
0: So, Scott, so just finishing the – go ahead, Scott at map. Yeah no, Scott
2: at map.com, yeah
0: yeah finishing the context So, if, a, a, academic fresh start again texas only texas public school potentially yeah. only tmdsas specific yes. where if you if your classes were more than 10 years ago or 10 10 or more mm-hmm. years ago or more. Mm-hmm. they basically sure. get erased and they don't count towards your gpa right and so you can go back and retake classes and you're starting fresh right
1: yep thank you texas <laughs>
2: I think okay. it's a great, a great, yeah, it's a great cool. program. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: that was a so sincere thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm very amused by this one.
0: Question about letters of rec, not about Frodo, but his anatomy. What is Frodo? What is anatomy okay, so here's what's going LOR, on in the student's R.
1: brain. L-O-R stands for letter recommendation, um. L-O-T-R is Lord of the Rings. Uh, so I think that this person was afraid if they said LOR, we might think it was a question about Tolkien. But no worries, because there's a big Tolkien nerd on the call, and she knew what you meant.
0: Yeah, I've never watched those movies. <gasps> what? Those have you- You've you never
2: watched the movies? No. That's
1: fine. That's no. that. I mean, it's not, the not movies,
2: whatever. But the books, I mean... No. Your reputation in my mind just went down a little bit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't care. So you don't even know who Frodo is. Of course I know who Frodo is.
0: (sighs) Okay. Oh, look, um I'm... <laughs> I love yeah. it. We're,
1: Scott, you and I are not alone in being yeah. shocked and chagrined by this.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not a Middle Earth
1: fan. The whole, I, I whole it's audience like, like, is like, what is going on?
0: Oh,
2: man. I don't, I don't like Game of Thrones either. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So now. I agree completely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> no more middle earth talk. Let's keep going. Uh anatomy and micro acceptable for LOR for for a science professor. Those are science classes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Man. Uh, sorry,
1: You're I'm still watching roasted. the comments come in and just really delighted by them. Uh here here we go. We're going to keep going. Pre med talk. Yes.
0: yes. <laughs> and now I should not base my school list off the MSR GPA and MCAT. <laughs> But <laughs> is there a point or a line where it just isn't a good idea to apply because of low stats? Or is it always okay because it's more than stats, even if a school's median stats are high? Well, let's let's get this straight. Every school's median stats are high. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. we, we often talk about the 10% tile number, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the MSAR gives you median. Which, as a reminder, right, it's not the average; it's the median. Fifty percent nope. right. of the class. In the is middle. Fifty percent is a, a uh, below above, um, but they also provide twenty fifth percentile, seventy fifth percentile, and tenth and ninetieth. And so, it, some schools the tenth percentile is very close to the median, and some schools it there's a big gap between the tenth percentile and that median number. If you are below that median number, there's still a question mark, right? Because 10% of the class is still below that number as well. And this is where I would love to see some more transparency around what's the lowest. What's the lowest accepted? Because if the 10th percentile is a 506 and literally everyone is a 505, well, that doesn't really help me much. Um, So unfortunately, schools don't. Uh, like to provide that transparency. The WMC doesn't want to provide that transparency because there's financial opportunities for them right. on, yeah. uh, on the other side. Um, so. Yeah.
1: It's a bummer. Cause I think, yeah, it is opaque a little bit intentionally cause they're like, it, there's no skin off their backs if you apply, right? It's your money. It's your time. It's your investment. I have seen one or two schools on the school websites that will do class body descriptions of prior years that talk about a range. So as opposed to that 10th percentile, which I agree, if you're gonna fixate on numbers, that's the one to look at. But, you know, I've seen a few places that will say, last year's med one group, you know, the highest was a 525 and the lowest was a 502, um, as opposed to saying 10th percentile. Um, So, you know, it might be for this question asker that you're lucky enough to be applying to a couple schools that list that. Um, But, I mean, I kind of feel like in this question, it might be more about do you have low stats everywhere and low clinical experience, in which case, yeah, maybe you're not ready, right, as opposed to like, you know, is the school within or not within reach or not, you know, if you've, you know, if you've got one low thing and everything else is great. It might be that it's time for you to shoot your shot. And that's it's a hard I mean, that's why we do a whole video series on it, because it's Mm -hmm. it's not a two minute question. Right. It's a 30 minute question.
2: Right. Well, and I would also say that if you are limiting the number of schools you're applying to because of finances, because you, you you want to limit the number of schools, then then, yeah, you do need to consider. You know, if you're if you're way outside the norm for that school and you're trying to save money, then that may be a school that you don't apply to. So, you know, I think you have to take again, it's, it's somewhat of that ma- macro picture. You know, what, what is your goal? What are your goals here? What are your limitations in terms of what you can and can't do financially, for example? And then, you know, make some judgments based on the best, you know, best shots that you can take if, with the limited funds that you have. So, you know, I would say consider that as well.
0: Yeah. And when you consider that, consider that later on. Look at mm-hmm. everything else. That oh, absolutely. Talking about that and then yeah. pair down the list with some stats yeah. if you need to.
2: Agreed.
1: Okay. Let's see. Where'd we go?
2: What? What? <laughs>
0: Hey oh, it got cut off. Ah. Dr. Gray, I'm a huge fan of your application renovation series, and I've noticed you get really excited to see students applying early to be in the first wave of applicants. My question is, how much does the chance of acceptance decrease in these subsequent waves? I'm planning on taking my MCAT. At the end of June, I'll be submitting my primaries early and submitting my secondaries hopefully by early August since I won't have a complete application for the first wave. I'm worried I won't blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so unfortunately, and Scott, maybe you can correct me because, well, I know TMDSAS does have some data surrounding this. Scott, I know you, at least yeah. from conversations with Enrique, you had some questions about the data and what is it actually saying? And so mm-hmm. um, not, not super excited to to publicize that data. Um, but I don't know if there's any data out there that really talks about this, unfortunately. And again, <laughs> I come back to the AMC doesn't want to promote this information right. because if students realize that their, their chance of getting into medical school is decreased 90% if they're applying in September, October timeframe, then those are application fees that they're going to lose out on. And so right. the, the WMC doesn't want to promote that sort of information. And right.
2: it pisses me off. Well, I the, the way I look at this is, is a strictly um, probability kind of thing. And that is... What I'm most focused on are the interview slots. There are a finite number of interview slots available at a school. There's not just endless interview slots. The logistics.
0: Even in virtual times.
2: Right. There's logistically a, a finite number of slots. And as they award those slots, the percentage possibility of you getting a slot decreases. Yep. And so the later your application is, you're vying for, more limited number of spots so your chances are lower yep. to get one of those spots so to me that encourages early application
0: do you have scott have you ever heard how i describe rolling admissions
2: no i don't think so
0: i i liken it to a giant game of musical chairs Mm-hmm. Except yes, in musical chairs, there's always N minus one number of seats available. Mm-hmm. So if you have 10 players, there's nine seats and right. one player loses, right? The rolling admissions process, the medical school application process mm-hmm. is similar to musical chairs, except As every chair gets pulled out, there's 10 more people playing the game because more students are applying. Are applying. And Mm -hmm. so your percentage chance Mm -hmm. of getting one of those seats as a seat is taken away or or as an interview slot, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's really Mm -hmm. the bottleneck, the the true bottleneck. As that interview slot is pulled, your chance gets decreased by that and by how many new applications were submitted Mm -hmm. that day. Right. Verified that day or whatever it is right and, and so it's it's a compounding issue. The later your application is, the the less available interview slots potentially there are yeah. and there are more people playing the game.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Now I would also say that w- when I looked at when I looked at the data, what it seemed to suggest also was that the later it gets in the cycle, the applicants that you're getting are not as strong academically, uh, numbers-wise. So, if you looked at, for example, the average GPA and MCAT of of the the groups applying in May and June, they're going to be different than those applying in September and October yeah. Or, yeah. or October and November or whatever. Yeah.
0: And, and there could be a lot of correlation. There a lot of reasons for of that. Yeah. The reason you're a stronger student is because you're more organized and right. you're on really mm-hmm. top of things. And that's right. why you have better grades. And those students mm-hmm. applying later are less organized and
1: right. whatever it could else. Be. Could be. Yeah, we can't we can't be sure for sure about the causal. But uh, yeah, I believe right. there's correlation there. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, the other thing, Ryan, that you sometimes say about rolling admissions, I don't know if I remember hearing that musical chairs analogy, but I know I've heard you talk about the application process as an open exam, right? An open book yeah. test. Yeah. And I really like that analogy because it I think it speaks to our students, right? Like our students are used to, especially with science exams, doing a lot of cramming. Mm. And then, I mean, it's part of why the MCAT is so challenging because you can't cram for it, right? So this is something where you know in advance exactly what's going to be expected of you it's probably going to take a lot longer than you think it is because there's way more nuance to it, way more exactitude, way more, you know, people talk about the essay, the personal statement, but actually, you know, I just put all the essays and written questions up in the applications tab of mapped. and There's a lot, there's a lot of written answers. <laughs> um, and I just think it's March, right? If, if anyone mm-hmm. has any chance to change the, the course of their next four months so that they apply, in may or june instead of in july or august and it it might be that your situation has already lined up that you just can't and you're just going to take your chances but if there's any way that you can still shape your life to apply earlier i would think about doing that because i agree it's it's an open book test you know what to expect
0: yeah so to, to to finish that analogy and it was it was a professor from the nih that i heard that on a long time ago uh the, the medical school application is your first med school test and it's an open book test and applying late is failing your first med school test.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: And then, so this gets at some of the unjustness injustice of the process, right? So uh, as you've said before, Ryan, many schools don't really talk openly about rolling admissions, um, you know, Every year I talk to parents who say, oh, I've been looking online and I see here's when the deadline is. So, you know, we plan to apply in September, October.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that that was the biggest shock to me when I when I talked at that admissions summit in Toronto, I had a member of my team go and scour. I think we did 100 different schools and and I forget the number off the top of my head, but it was it was around 25 to 30 percent, only 25 to 30 percent of schools talked about rolling admissions and explained why it was important yeah. to apply
2: early. Yeah. yeah. I think most schools assume that people know what that means. Uh, rolling admissions. I think that, I think there's an assumption that they think that the, that the school, that the students understand what that means, which I don't think is a good assumption.
1: But I mean, some schools don't even use that word. They just nope. say opens this date, closes that date. Yep. But I've had institutions that had, a seven-month open process, and then still reviewed all applicants after it closed. So even though it was a wide, wide window, it didn't matter. It wasn't actually rolling. Yeah. Um, and I don't think med schools even clarify in every case that that's what's going on. Um, so, so I guess I'm saying that for anyone who's listening now and going, "Oh my God, I really didn't understand. It was that important." Like we agree, it's confusing. That's why we're here. So we're not we're not scorning you. We're trying trying to shine light for you. All right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's sure. uh, right. All right. Uh, oh, somebody that's,
0: says that's one of the benefits of mapped too is we have all of that exactly. information in there, and we have the ability to to ping you during this the cycle.
1: Right. A commiserator says I was getting emails from a Comus a couple yeah. weeks ago to still play. Yeah, email. me too. I got those same emails. Yep. I thought like what?
0: <laughs> yeah. When <laughs>
1: cycle opens hey. in like four
0: weeks, we have a budget shortfall. Let's see if we can get a couple more suckers. I mean applicants in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, okay um (laughs) thanks go back here
0: non-tread here i'm having a difficult time finding clinical opportunities in general but especially during COVID, I have found scribing opportunities, but my pre-med advisor said that wasn't clinical. This is the second week in a row I think we've had this, scribing, not clinical. Other clinical opportunities, need a certification, can't afford this, or have been put on hold. I'm not sure what to do. Any advice? Yes, go be a scribe.
2: Yep, agreed. Your, your pre-med advisor is wrong.
0: So that's, that's not to say that there, there's a medical school out there that doesn't like scribing. They are wrong. Uh, but scribing in is general,
2: good. scribing yeah. is well accepted. Yep. For you know, macro picture, like you said, Ryan. Yep. Scribing is 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 strong and uh, you get a lot of great experience. You learn the you, you learn the, the language. language. Yeah, it's it it has a lot of benefits to it.
0: I can't wait for my uh, my medical terminology podcast and book and everything to come out. Um, oh, that'd be
1: that's I, awesome! Is that the one for English stars. or Spanish?
0: Uh, Inglés. I, I have a Spanish podcast coming out as well, <laughs> and and book and yeah.
2: Por, qué no, los <laughs> ¿Por qué no los dos? Por no los dos? Por no los tres?
0: Uh, um, wait, what's phone? the third one going to be? Well, we have our mapped journal. Yes, i right.
1: as soon as I get back to f- the final yeah. edits and yeah. lay out on, on that.
0: But the, coming, guys. Uh, the pre-med playbook guide to the um, MMI is um, in the works. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, so podcasts and books coming. We're always working on more for you guys. Never
0: ending. <sighs> Just, I had a friend ask me the other day, he's like, what's the point of writing all these books? I'm like... Cause I like to, <laughs> and because it's for very cheap information for students.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think some people still like to learn out of books. Like yeah. personally, that's not really in my bag, but it's a, uh, you know, it's nice to provide information in multiple formats. Yep. All right. Okay. Back to this question.
0: Uh, is it possible to submit a committee letter from two institutions? I did a do-it-yourself post back and I'm currently pretty far into the process at each school. If I do, ultimately for you both, how should I approach this? Interesting.
2: So for the Texas schools, the answer is no. You, you have one committee letter or you have individual letters. That's, those are the Interesting. choices.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so it'll, it'll shut you out of multiple letters if you select one as a committee letter?
2: Yeah. If you so, so select committee letter, they're going to be expecting one committee letter. If you select individual, individual letters, they're going to be expecting individual letters. Interesting. From whoever.
0: I'm assuming you could hack the system and say that they are both individual letters, but they end up being committee letters. Yeah, you can but, You can always
2: hack things. But, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: At the end of the day, the question is why?
2: Why would you yeah, want to I do that? Why would want that? Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to waste time of one of the admissions committees. I would go to the one potentially that knows you the best, have mm-hmm. them collect the letters from professors at both right. schools. Or right, whatever exactly.
1: There. Yeah
2: yeah find it seems out like
1: the, a smarter way to manage it to agreed. see if that committee will accept
2: some letters from the other school yeah. and yeah and when I was at UT Dallas we had a committee process and we we would do that um, we would allow um, you had to have you know a certain number of letters and those letters could come from our institution if you had it been at a previous institution and you wanted a, a letter from a professor at that institution that was fine. You know, so I agree with that, Ryan. That's, that's the best, uh, that's the best option there.
1: Whoa. All I right. I think, that uh, that takes us to the end of our popcorn popping.
0: Yeah. Someone pre-ordered the book. Yay. Uh, I'll, I'll share my screen because, uh good uh a good plug for the new book never hurts mm-hmm. um the pre-med playbook guide to the medical school application process is now available for pre-order which is super exciting as i'm yeah, to share my screen here Very exciting. Um, you can get that uh on amazon i'm pretty sure barnes and noble kind of any any bookstore has it um the amazon Pre-order price is nineteen ninety-five, but remember, if you pre-order it and the price goes down to like sixteen or twelve or whatever, then uh, that's the price you pay. And we do have the our Amazon, our mapped Amazon app. That
1: uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to go through the map storefront. Um, yep. If you do, you kick us money for coffee or sparkling water. So no one's under any obligation to use that link. It's just it might like some people were saying the other day they were having trouble finding this title. It's there. I've searched it a bunch of ways, but that's, that's a quick way to get access to all of Ryan's titles. Plus like our t-shirts and um, a bunch of the recommended reading that we've mentioned over the years. It's just yes. a handy storefront.
0: Um, and just, just one more screen share here. Let me, uh, let's see if I can share this one thing here. Um, so this is a list of endorsements. We have our own Dr. Scott Wright, who, uh, who loves this book. Um, Layla, Dr. Layla Amari, the uh, Assistant Dean for Admissions and Recruitment at University of Illinois, Chicago College of Medicine, who I love. She's awesome. Um, I'll hide that. <laughs> we'll take that off. All right. That's all we got. I had some more. I had some, some some information on there that shouldn't have gone out, but that's all right. Oh. It, that's all right. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud, so it didn't happen. Okay. Um, very cool. Yeah. That's all I got, so go pre-order the book.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so you'd asked at the beginning if we wanted to do um, any mapped announcements. Um I'll do a quick screen share. You guys see that? All right, so um, in the application services, I know this, you guys can see that, right?
0: Yep.
1: Okay, I know that still looks a little funky, um, but if you go to the applications tab, we're gonna pretty this up pretty soon. But in the meantime, the easiest thing to do is once you're on the services tab, just go to the little three dots next to the line of each thing. And then um, someone was asking before, I think about disadvantaged and I've got the disadvantaged essays or in some cases lack thereof for essays for each of the three services. So for AMCAS, it, you kind of get to self-identify like they give they give some things to think about, but you can choose to explain why you think you're a disadvantaged applicant. Um, this, that goes back to what Dr. Wright was saying about, like, if you self-identify, someone might be Googling the cost of your house. <laughs> um, it's on Zillow. <laughs> um, versus uh, for a Comus Disadvantaged status is look at these 10 bullet points and see if one of them applies to you. And you just answer yes or no to each of these. So mm. there isn't actually an essay. I just put it here in the essay section because mm. I kind of wanted to cover that topic for each of them. So that you're, you know, you're thinking, oh, I write a disadvantaged is it for all three services? Well, no, it's not for this one. Mm. So I wanted to make sure people are checking that out because. You know, going back to this topic we had of this is an open book test, you can certainly just go make a free account for all three services right now just to look around. Um, But if you're a mapped user, everything's in here for you to start working on your prompts and actually thinking about those essays without ever even getting into the application. Um, And this this has been here a few weeks now, but just wanted to show it on air and make sure everyone's checking out. I mean, look how many essays there are here. Like maybe not all of them are going to apply to you because some of them are about things like academic infractions, but you want to check them all out and make sure that if there are any that apply, you've got your answers ready. So it's, it's definitely more than just the personal statement and your activities. Yep.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I I can't wait till we, we have those new user kind of experience of, of mapped up in the next couple.
1: Yeah. We'll definitely do a big tour of that. I think. I mean, mapped is great, but it's just it's lost uh it's not a, the prettiest right now. So in a few weeks it'll be a little prettier and a lot more intuitive. Yep.
0: Very cool. Well, thanks for another Ask the Dean. Um thank you for all the great questions. Keep them coming. And we'll be back here next week. Won't be in a public one. The next the, the following week will be. Public. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: so have fun. All right. Thank you all. Take care, everybody. Let's go watch, Lord, Go watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we'll read the books. <laughs>
1: it's a book, really. Six <laughs> volumes, one book.
0: <laughs> this is Dr. Gray again, closing out. I hope you learned something from our session today. If you haven't yet checked out Mapped, I invite you to try it for free for two weeks by going to mapped.com slash podcast. Track and navigate your journey to medical school using the only tool like it for pre-meds. We'll see you next week here on Ask the Dean.